everyone. Welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Well, we're excited to start a new podcast here at Seeds called the Defining the Relationship podcast. And um, you might be wondering what this is going to be about. Um, You might be aware of the idea that in a relationship between two people, there often comes a critical point in the relationship where it's time to define the relationship. Now, I'm wondering, Darlene, did we ever have that type of conversation of defining the relationship? Well, I don't think we had the language of like a DTR, as it's sometimes referred to as. Um, But there was probably more, um, less formal ways that we kind of had conversations about what's what's going on here. (laughs) So you're not, you're not remembering that, that critical time when we had a conversation and we were able to define the relationship in a new way and we were able to move forward from that. Tell me, tell me about it. You know, I don't remember one either. I, uh, you know, I remember the first time we met and I also remember, uh, definitely having a, um, going back and forth in a relationship and, um, it was more unspoken. I think like, when I think about kind of the night that we actually kind of crossed the line of friends to, oh, there's something more going on here. We did not kind of talk about it first. This is something that I think is evolving in our culture now, more of a sense of, you know, conversation perhaps before something moves so basically it was kiss and ask questions yes. later yes yep. that's what but i remember you, but you did i very clearly remember you saying can i kiss you i was a gentleman wasn't i <laughs> yes so anyway um at seeds one of our one of our core anchors is the anchor of fostering relationships and in fact this past year, starting in September of 2019, we've been on a bit of a journey talking about our relationship with ourselves, relationship with others, and that critical relationship with God. And in fact, we've also been talking about our our relationship with our world and our universe as well lately. But what we want to do in the next upcoming weeks is introduce a conversation about our relationship, defining the relationship with the Bible. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, And we're going to do that through, um, a book called how the Bible actually works by Pete ends. And uh, why don't you read the subtitle too? Cause the subtitle is quite, um, um, comprehensive. Yeah. So it's how the Bible actually works in which I explain how an ancient ambiguous and diverse book leads us to wisdom rather than answers and why that's great news. All right. So that's what we're going to be doing. Our, the basic format of this podcast is we're going to spend some time talking about each chapter of the book. I'm not sure offhand how many chapters there are in the book, but we'll share a little bit about some of the content in the book and then have a conversation around it. And today, though, 
what we want to do is we want to talk a bit about our own personal relationship with the Bible over the years, um, kind of where our relationship with the Bible started, and more specifically, how our relationship with the Bible um, is right now, how we might define the relationship right now. So we're going to talk quite a bit about our own personal journeys with the Bible, and we're going to ask questions around what is the role of the Bible in our life and faith. Um, We've spent a lot of time this year talking about how many people find themselves in seasons of deconstructing and reconstructing their faith, and how does the Bible fit into this process and this journey? Is there still a place for the Bible in our faith? How do we move beyond simplistic, literal readings of Scripture? But coming back to the personal, we want to ask the question, um, questions around what was our relationship with the Bible growing up? And so I'm going to throw it over you to you, Darlene. Say a little bit about what your relationship with the Bible was like growing up. How was that and how has that relationship evolved? Yeah, so that, I mean, those are big questions, but um, what happens in me immediately when that question is asked is I just feel like I see these scenes more so than like, I don't have as many words for what my relationship with the Bible was, but I have these like pictures and some of them evoke, um, really warm feelings in me, good memories. And some of them, I think invoke something else, <laughs> maybe more, maybe less positive. So which one do you want to hear first? Well, let's the... start, let's start with some warm feelings about your relationship with the Bible. Let's start there. Okay. Well, let me just give you the, the first picture that comes into my mind. So the house that I grew up in, um, you know, we grew up in, with a big family, 10 of us, and we had this big... It was a greenhouse, right? Greenhouse, lots of green inside, green walls, green carpet. Um, there's a very busy pattern of wallpaper in the kitchen and uh, a big table that my dad built. My dad was a carpenter and so he had built this big table um and every every day after supper we had devotions together as a family and uh, that always included reading the bible and i have uh very i don't know just really fond memories of that time together time that was serious but also there was often a lot of laughter around it uh sometimes at the expense of certain people <laughs> that were reading the bible um but it was a connecting point i think for us so yeah there was my dad would read um from not our daily bread, I don't think. Or maybe it was daily bread. I can't remember. A little book. Oh, rejoice? I I can't remember. I, I this is I'm just trying to find these words right now. But um yeah, and then we'd always take time to read something from scripture, whichever was the given passage for that day. And so that's an association. It was like a, it was part of the ritual of our family and it's a, it's a nice memory. Hmm. It's uh, I felt connected to my family. I also think I felt 
connected to God, had a sense that, that, uh, this was meaningful. Well, why don't I say a little bit about maybe some of my own positive experiences about the Bible? I, unlike you, we did not have that particular pattern in our family of reading the scripture together. And I'd say most of my introduction to the Bible was connected to the Sunday school um, that I attended as a young person and the Bible stories. And um, I have two, like two memories. One, one actually came to me this morning as we were reading, um, reading some scripture in our own kind of um it might be stretching it to say daily process of reading the Bible, but we do read the Bible on a regular basis together in the morning. And it was a story about Jesus healing the boy who had died. And it was actually at his funeral. And I just have this really vivid memory of this Bible story illustrated book that I read. And I, it must've been read to me at one point, but I remember reading it myself when I was in bed, going to bed. And I just, I can still see the visual of this, boy sitting up on a stretcher and um you know those those visuals were really really kind of strong made a strong impression on me uh but the second one was actually um i remember in grade five at my elementary school in winnipeg windsor elementary um I remember the day when uh, the Gideon Bibles, the Gideon New Testament got handed mm-hmm. out in our school. And um, yeah, I, that made an impact on me too, probably because it, I was being given something and that was always kind of exciting to get a gift. And uh, I remember getting that red little New Testament and uh, probably in a terrible Bible translation. I don't know if it was King James Version or if it was uh, something more modern than that. But uh, I remember that it made an impact on me that I was going to spend some time reading that. And um, so it was was actually uh, not a negative memory. I'm not sure that's something that can still happen today. But uh, Well, the gifting of the Bible is, I think, uh, part of tradition. Like I remember getting graduating to, uh, I think maybe junior high or there was a point at which we were gifted a Bible at church. And that was a big day too. I, I remember, you know, being excited about being given a Bible. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, just super quick, but this competitive thing with the Bible was a definitely a huge part of my growing up. Like I remember in Sunday school, like being asked questions and we were given like gold stars. <laughs> if we remembered verses, if we got things right, like it was connected to, it was connected to, you know, winning something. And I wanted to be the best. And me and Paul, this boy, Paul, I so clearly remember we were always the, we were always the best at this. And that mattered to me that I was good at, you know, I was good. So do you think, um, have any of those like Bible memorization things that you did at that time for, for gold stars? Like, has that stuff stuck with you? Well, I don't remember in that class, but in girls club, um, every Wednesday we would, uh, recite 
Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That is, I think, forever, you know, ingrained in my brain. So one Bible passage you memorized. <laughs> now I I know <laughs> other passages by memory for sure, but uh, but that is the most, mm-hmm. like that one is is pretty firm in there. So you start, you started by saying that you had some warm memories. So talk about maybe some less than warm memories of relating to the Bible. Anything come up for you? Well, I think even what I just said, um, the competitive nature around the Bible and, and how it, uh, defined my goodness, um, is something that, that, uh, that I've struggled with too, um, how, how I, you know, define myself as being a good Christian and what that meant to me as a child and what that means to me now. Um, but also, yeah, I, I think this theme of wanting to be good. Um, I remember feeling like I really needed to make sure to, the Bible was the last thing I would, was supposed to do in a day, you know? So I, again, have this scene of being in my bedroom and this lamp on my nightstand and I'd be tired and I didn't feel like reading the Bible. And so I turned my light off and then I'd feel guilty like, Oh, God's going to be upset with me. Um, and then I'd like flip the light back on like, no, I have, I have to read it because, you know, I need to be a good Christian. Hmm. And so that, just that, that pull of like, God's not going to be happy with me or I have to be good was tied to whether I read my Bible every day. Yeah. There's some, it is often these powerful messages below the surface around. So there's this understanding that the Bible is really important. It's a, it's something necessary to understanding who God is and what we're what what it means to be a true human being and so these messages of it's important to read it it's important to read it regularly these can become things that sort of um they hover over us and yeah cuz uh, otherwise what what's going to happen like you're going to lose favor with God what yeah. about you? Did you have that guilt at all? You know, I I certainly can remember uh, wanting to live up to some kind of practice of something more disciplined. So I don't know if it came out of like maybe junior high youth or maybe came out of Sunday school or even later. Um, I did get these messages of um, you need to read the Bible on a regular basis, be it before bedtime or whatever. And so I, I, I remember trying these things but i also it wasn't really in my personality to be super disciplined about stuff uh, i got bored pretty easily and so um but i don't remember feeling a sense of guilt about that but it's interesting that i had uh like thinking i don't know if this is this isn't really about a, a less than warm kind of memory but i one of the memories i had when i was thinking about this question about what what has been my relationship with the bible in the past I remember um, finding my way to Canadian Mennonite Bible College. So uh, 
um, which was not an option that I had seen as being a real option when I was in high school. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a longer story. But I ended up at CNBC and started studying the Bible in an academic, really, sort of, you know, this isn't just sort of Sunday school kind of looking at the scriptures. You know, when you go to a Bible college, you're getting to a, a bit of a different level at it. And I, and I remember this. Um, being in a class with uh, the Old Testament professor, Gerald Gerbrandt, who happened to also be somebody who was a little bit significant in me getting to CNBC. He was uh, the, he attended the church that I attended, and uh, I had a bit of a relationship with him. And uh, I just remember the conversation around, it's really important to have a good translation of the Bible for the work we're about to do. And so I think I may have come with a new international version Bible would have been the Bible I might have had gifted to me um, at church as a teenager. And, uh, but at this point, I found out that, well, you know, for what we were going to do, a revised standard version was the best translation of the Bible for the type of study we're going to do. And so like I started. A study Bible? Um, I think it was, yeah. I think it was a Harper, Harper study Bible. Um, and, uh, it just, you know, it was that, that first time that I was introduced to the idea that, well, you know, the type of translation of the Bible, how, how we might um, understand that this isn't written in, in the language that is normal to us, English, but it's written in, in Greek and Hebrew. And, and um, I think I was struck by, oh, there's something more going on here with the Bible than what I had um, understood it to be. Um, in some ways, the Bible became less simple to me. And, um, but in a really cool way, I feel like as it became less simple and maybe more complex to me, um, my understanding of the Bible and my passion for faith, all that kind of stuff sort of got really catalyzed in a, an exciting way for me. And so I sort of found myself transforming from sort of a, I'd say an ambivalent relationship to faith. And then at the same time, the Bible and suddenly this Bible stuff, this faith stuff became really alive to me. And I, um, as I learned more and understood more, it felt like it wasn't getting, um, it wasn't, how do I put this? It's sort of like my relation to, to it became something more interesting and something I wanted to be engaged in than before. So, so like it's, so like the more complex it got, the more engaged you got. Yeah. It, it I don't know why, but I, I, I think as a, as a teenager, I was, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but part of my personality was that I had a bit of a skeptical side. Like I had a bit of a, you know, I'm not buying that or that just seems mm. too easy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I had that approach to lots of different aspects of, of life, but, but faith especially. And I, I had questions and, um, I really felt like questions opened things up for me when it came to faith and the Bible. And so that whole time that I had at, uh, at, Canadian Mennonite Bible College and getting into some of those courses and stuff like that. I, I really found like, okay, this is, 
this is coming alive now. This is this has more meaning to me than it did before. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't actually something exciting. It wasn't. It didn't become a negative thing, but it was actually a very exciting thing. Well, it's kind of interesting because I, I feel a little bit like um, the whole energy that I brought to it as a kid and as a teenager and maybe even as an early young adult was I just wanted to get it right. Like I was very influenced by, you know, just an understanding of the Bible that it had kind of all the answers that I needed for life. And I just needed to find them. I just needed to be, you know, obedient or like diligent. And, you know, I think that's partially influenced by my Enneagram number, <laughs> probably as a one, you know, it, it really mattered to me to, to be good and to get it right. Hmm. And so un kind of, that's a big, big part of my story of the evolution of my relationship with the Bible has been like, is it okay to let go, <laughs> slowly let go of that and still be okay? Because um, hmm. I think there's part of it still that I'm still influenced by, you know, really wanting to, to be on the right track. Hmm. I... I but how people define that, I guess, is quite yeah. different. <laughs> so why don't we um, why don't we trans transition a little bit to more our relationship to the Bible today? Um, we are many decades along in our relationship with the Bible, and um, we have the the privilege and also the um, burden mm-hmm. of being. Uh, people who lead a church congregation and um, a significant part of the foundation of the church um, traditionally for thousands of years is that scripture and in our particular tradition, Christian tradition, the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament form a foundational part of our faith and that um, um, no matter what type of Christian you are, there's a sense that the Bible is a book that um, gives us answer, um, gives us direction, shows us a way to life and a way to connect to God, and it shows us who Jesus is. So it's like a, a super, super important part of our faith life. And as leaders of a, of a faith community, um, part of our privilege and burden is to teach from the Bible and to um, you know, when we meet on Sunday mornings, which we're not able to do in the same way right now at this time, and a good reason why we're doing this podcast, um, we, we take texts from the Bible and we study it and we share trying to make that Bible relevant to people's lives right now. And um, so it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how our relationship with the Bible exists right now. Do you... Yeah. Have something to share about that? 
Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is, and maybe you can help me tease this out a little bit too, is that I feel like my relationship with the Bible right now is uh, something that I I take more seriously than I ever have, and at the same time, I take it less seriously. <laughs> so there's like there's a bit of, um, um, I have a much more honest relationship with the Bible and that helps me to, um, the pressure off the taking it less seriously is like, I've let go of getting it right. Hmm. And as if it's something to master. So I take myself less seriously. And I guess in that sense, I, I'm taking the Bible less seriously. Like, Hmm. um, so that's one, maybe one aspect of it. And the other is that, is that more and more, I understand it to be this beautiful gift that, 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 uh, primarily at the heart of it shows us who God is and who Jesus is. And, um, but it's something filled with contradictions that are again not a problem they're not a problem for god and they're not a they're not a problem for me like just relax um mm. so some of these things that have created great struggle like if in the in the childhood version where you know well, this must be what God is like. God must be angry and violent. And sometimes God kills people and God's going to, you know, do these things. And um, if I don't get it right, then I'm going to be in that, in that camp as well. Hmm. And so, I don't know, just, um, just this, I think, I think what I'm trying to say is this more serious and less serious kind of sitting together. Hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, I think that makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, um, one of the thoughts I've had more lately is, um, well, just going to be really transparent about some of the questions I ask. Um, when we, when we stand before a group of people and we, we teach about things that are important to talk about in our community. Um, I find myself lately asking the question, um, well, you know, we have, we're, when we're, we're putting together uh, a teach or a message, you know, we're thinking about, okay, well, what's often the question, okay, what's the scripture, what's the Bible um, teaching or the Bible text that's going to be sort of the foundation of what we're going to we're going to teach. And lately I've been asking myself this question is probably, you know, shouldn't be transparent about this, but I asked the question like um is it possible for us to teach to share and help people on a journey of faith in Jesus Christ without always pointing to a specific scripture. The reason why I ask this is because I sometimes feel like we um we end up using scripture as a way of sort of, well, this is really what I want to 
talk about and share about. I think this is significant. These are important questions to wrestle with, to to provoke thought and evoke sort of action. And um, I wonder if we're doing the Bible a disservice because we're looking for, okay, what's the Bible verse that's going to help me reinforce this or whatever? And, well, you don't want to be called, you know, you know, a non-Bible-based church or well, right? yes. it's kind of like well is this a bible is this a bible based church and what it, what do people mean when they say that right oh right yeah so then when you want to say something it's like well what what are you trying what's the what's the energy underneath it what's the motivation that you have to back it up yeah. Is that what's going on in you? Well, like, for sure. That's part of it. And then there's always these uh, conversations about, well, what's the biblical view of marriage or what's the biblical view of of sexuality or all, there's always like um, we, we want to talk about something, but then it's like, okay, what's the biblical perspective? And what gets kind of confusing sometimes um, just sort of makes you go, hmm, there's some things here that like this person has a biblical perspective on this and this person has a biblical perspective on this and they're very different perspectives on mm -hmm. the issues. And so um, what does it mean to be biblical? And these kind of questions, I sometimes think that there's something more going on with being biblical. And um, this is why I'm a bit excited about um, the book that we're going to kind of have a conversation through because uh, Pete Enns is trying to make an argument, I think, that this is how the Bible actually uh, works. You know, <laughs> what's the title again? <laughs> the Bible actually works. And and sometimes what it means to be biblical looks very different than how we sometimes phrase it. So that's one of the, the things that I'm finding lately. The other is... Um, as we've become a bit more of regular Bible readers in the morning over the past couple of years, and when you do something in a regular way, you start reading. Um, this past year, we were reading from First Kings and Second Kings in the Old Testament as part of our readings, and uh, more recently from the book of Exodus. And um, I have to be honest, when you actually read the words of those scriptures and you read them every day, ongoing, there's a lot of moments of just, I'm shaking my head right now and going, like, really? Sometimes, sometimes the the way the it is written, it seems like they repeat the same line five or six times in a paragraph. It's sort of like... Um, you know, the king did this, and then the and and the king did the same thing, and it gets repeated again, and it sort of reads so awkwardly. I it just kind of makes me go, um, like, what's going on here? Other times, the perspective that gets presented of around things like violence or around, um, yeah, punishment of people and the laws and all this kind of stuff, it just is so shocking to my 21st century perspective on on the world and and what i think uh you know is important to do it just uh, i just find myself just wrestling with it again and again in a way and i um it isn't so easy to explain some of those things away and so when people um come to the bible 
or with faith and they have problems about this stuff. Uh, we've had lots of conversations lately about, well, how do you, how do you teach the Bible to your children? How do you share that with them in a way that, um, you know, gets to the important stuff and doesn't allow some of that other stuff to tinge their viewpoint, just like you talked about, you know, about, uh, well, it's about getting it right. Or it's about, um, you know, God, are you really that angry or, um, God, were you responsible for that violence? Stuff like that. Um, it just, I feel like I'm wrestling with it even more than I, than I have in the past. And I feel like I've done a lot of wrestling with it. So it definitely makes sense to me when people say I can't read it. Yeah. You don't feel like you need to quickly go, oh, 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 but you still have to read it. Like, and this is how you have, this is how you read it. If you read it this way, it's, it's not so bad or like, um, yeah, no. Well, sometimes, yes. Yeah, yeah sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I feel like, um, we really weren't, and maybe you can't give, you know, how do you read the Bible to kids, but also, understand it in the ways that we've we have and we are going to have conversations about how to take the bible for what it actually is and all not all the things we've projected on it and all the ways that we've understood it poorly or you know there's just so much unlearning to do so i get it i get it's been used poorly um and i I don't know how to necessarily, I don't think there's a clear path to how to not use it poorly. <laughs> like that, that feels very complicated. Yeah. But, you know, this is where I, I kind of get how even in the fifth, 15th century, you know, and, and probably earlier when, you know, some people's views, some theologians views was that it's not meant for everybody to read. Hmm. It's meant for people who know kind of know what they're doing it's meant for the smart people to read <laughs> yeah which i which i reject but i also understand it in a way because it's you you can't read it like it's one you know one book that is just if you just read the literal words on the page is you have everything you need that's not i don't buy that any longer um so sometimes it's a very dangerous thing to just put it in somebody's hand and say, just read it. It's, it has, just take it word for word. No, do not take it word for word. Hmm. Well, I think this is a good time to kind of trans transition to the end of, um, this podcast time. Um, I think, yeah, this is, this is why, one of the reasons why I think we're excited to let Pete ends be a guide for us. Um, in this process of thinking through what our relationship is with, with scripture. And, um, we're going to get into some of these questions and our hope is that this will be a conversation that challenges us, but also gives us some energy to engage in, um, a relationship with scripture because there are some beautiful things that we get from that relationship. You just opened up the book. Is there something you are going to, going to read from that or yeah uh just to to say that the first chapter is about the bible's true purpose and i think that's a good place to start is like what's the purpose of the bible and uh 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So looking forward to kind of getting into um, Pete's um, invitation for us to 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 engage in a relationship with the purpose of this of this sacred text. Yeah. So if you if you have the time and would like to engage the book, uh, we'll say the book is called How the Bible Actually Works by Pete Enns. Um, easy to get online. I believe we have copies in our in our seeds church bill at the building the exchange if you want to borrow one we can probably make that happen even though we're in this covid 19 um stay at home time um and we will see you next week as we dive into how the bible actually works yeah. thanks for joining us it's good to be together